Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Joseph Prince. Joseph is a leading voice in teaching the gospel of grace around the world. Through his television program, teaching resources, and best-selling books, he's impacting millions around the world with God's love, grace, and favor. You can watch Joseph Prince Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Joseph Prince will teach about the importance of resting in God and how to face problems with a relaxed confidence. Let's dive into the message. There is no sin that God cannot forgive. There is no pain that God cannot touch. No disease that He cannot heal. Amen? He's above it all. Where sin increases, grace superabounds. In a world where we, people are so conscious of sin, shortcomings, failures, defeat, it's hard to believe that where sin increases, especially when it's increasing, grace is superabounding. But we have to believe it. Amen? Paul preached so strong that where sin increases, grace superabounds, that he was misunderstood and his words were misconstrued as saying, let us purposely sin that grace may abound. But Paul didn't say that. But Paul did say, where sin increased, grace superabounds. In Greek, hooper parisio, literally hyper, hooper. Grace superabounds. Amen. All the people said, amen. So let's be conscious of God's grace, not of sin. Amen. Let's be conscious of God's life and healing and health, not sickness and disease. Amen. The world will constantly, perpetually make you conscious of these things. But really, God's blessings are not these things. But pastor, how do I experience them? How do I get them? Well, Romans chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 16 and 17 tells us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? This is the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. The gospel is the power. The power of God. It's in the gospel. When you preach the gospel, the power of God is released. It is the power of God unto salvation. And the word salvation here is soteria, which is not just safe from hell, safe from spiritual death. Safe also includes the word, uh, the word salvation includes healing, wholeness, preservation, protection, and prosperity. Literally. Those are the words you'll find if you search this word in the original language, all right? You'll find that all these are encompassed in this one word, salvation. Amen? In Hebrew, it is Yeshua. Amen? Which is salvation, healing, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, wholeness. Hallelujah. So the power of God to your preservation, the power of God to your healing, the power of God to your emotional wholeness from depression, from oppression, the power of God to your wonderful relationships. Amen. God can save your relationships. How many can say amen? God can save your marriage. I think God can save your marriage. Don't just limit God's saving to one area. 
In fact, the woman, the issue of blood, when, when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus turned around and says, your faith has healed you. The word healed there is from soteria, sozo, which is the verb of soteria. So this word here, the power of God to your salvation is a mouthful. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Unfortunately, when you hear the gospel being preached sometimes today, you hear the sin, sins of men being revealed. There's no doubt. People know they have sinned. That's why they, they, they shun God. They don't want to talk about it, and they don't want to talk about God because it brings out the reality of sin. People don't have to be reminded that there's sin in their lives. But the gospel is not a revelation of sin. The gospel is a revelation of the righteousness of God by faith, and it's revealed to faith. Can I have a good amen? As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, many a times, when you read this verse, the just shall live by faith, you start thinking to yourself, oh, I think I know what it means. That means uh, all believers, they live by faith. That's what I used to think. But actually, what it's saying here, the subject is righteousness. Faith righteousness. Say faith righteousness. Faith righteousness is the key to every blessing of God. Because it is the foundation by which God is able to bless you. And this verse is saying, literally, the righteous by faith will live. Not the righteous will live by faith. The righteous by faith will live. Now, some translations bring that out nicely, like uh, Young's literal translation bring that, bring that out. New English translation says it, the righteous by faith will live. Now, that's different from the righteous will live by faith, right? The righteous by faith will live. If you believe you are righteous by faith, you will live. Amen. Now, why do we need to be righteous by faith? Because every day, we are still conscious of the presence of sin in our thoughts, in our flesh, in our feelings, in our emotions, in our sensing. Right? Am I right? Any of you, since you were saved, you don't feel any sin at all. No, we still have it. But then, in the midst of it, God is saying, I see you righteous. You have put your trust in my son's blood. Amen. That has cleansed you from all sins. My son became your sin at the cross that you might become my righteousness in him. Amen. Now you have to declare yourself righteous. So in the midst of sin, I must proclaim, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So once you confess that, you are the righteous by faith. And the righteous by faith will not die. The righteous by faith will live. Amen. And not just live in this life, but have the highest form of life, like the word live means in the Greek. Praise God. Now, as we look at this, behooves us then to know that death is so rampant, sin is so, so widespread, that it's hard for us to be conscious of grace and life. But Romans 5.17, one of my favorite verses says, If by the offense of one man, by the one man's offense, who is that one man? Adam. By his offense, death reigned through that one man, Adam. Think about it. God never meant for man to die. It's never God's plan for man to grow old, become decrepit, even have wrinkles, and then die. It was not part of His love plan. God meant for man to live forever. Forever young, forever beautiful, unwithered, amen, enjoying his, his blessings, enjoying His goodness. God made man last so that He can enjoy everything that He has created. Man was created to receive all of God's love 
and goodness. Amen. But man committed high treason, sin against God. As a result, death came in. You need to know when you sin, you're also asking for death because death attaches itself to sin. If there is no sin, there is no death. The wages of sin is death. Where there is sin, there is death. So when Jesus died, he has to deal with two things. Not just with sin. Of course, he dealt with more things, even against the devil. All right, he dealt with the devil, put the devil to naught. But basically, in essence, he dealt with sin and he dealt with death. These two things. Amen. So death and sin is behind Jesus now. He's in the resurrected form. Can I have a good amen? And here it says, by one man's offense, death reigned. Now, have you noticed that, that death doesn't just come in? It reigns. Well, by the same token, much more. Say much more. Say it again, much more. Those who receive, and this word receive, lambano in the Greek, is a very strong word. It's not just uh, uh, take, receive, like a passive way. No, it is to seize upon. It is used when the soldiers came and seized upon Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. They lambano him. They seized upon him. Amen. So the Bible says, much more those who receive, seize upon two things. The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. What's going to happen? They will reign in life just like death reign. It is sovereign like a king. You will reign in life through Jesus Christ. And if you reign, your addictions don't. If you reign, your sins don't. If you reign, Satan doesn't. If you reign, death doesn't. If you reign, no power of darkness, amen, can have the victory over your life because you are reigning. And notice you reign by receiving two, two gifts, so to speak. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Notice righteousness is called a gift, not a reward. Amen. How do you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? We receive by faith. We need to have the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have the same spirit of faith. I believe. How does the spirit of faith operate? I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Church, look up here. It's very simple. The spirit of faith is like this. I believe and therefore I speak. Amen? I believe and therefore I speak. We are made in God's image. That's how God is. God, when God saw darkness in Genesis 1, all right, what did God say? Light be. God didn't, listen, God didn't say what He saw. He said what He wanted to see. Are you all learning so far? Everything I've shared is to come to this. We don't realize that we are dead to sin. What does that mean? Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Just now I mentioned that where sin increased, grace what? Superabounds. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So only people who have heard where sin increased, grace superabounds, where sin increased, grace superabounds, will ask questions like this. Obviously, this, uh, this what do you call them, uh, cavalous, right? They just want to find fault with the grace message. Even Paul preached where sin increased, grace superabounds. And they start saying, so are you saying that let us sin more, that grace may abound, because where sin increased, grace super increased. So why not we sin more? And Paul's answer is not a negation or prohibition. Paul did not say, don't do it. He didn't say that. Let's see what he says. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? 
His answer is an impossibility. A true believer is dead to sin. How can you live any longer in it? It's an impossibility. Now, let me explain to you. He said, Pastor Prince, I don't understand all this because I still find sin in my life. I still find sin. The other day, I was talking to someone and then anger rose up in me. Let me just say to you, while the anger was rising up, do you know you are dead to sin? While you felt it, while you express it, while you are fuming, you're still dead to sin. So what was all that, Pastor Prince? That was sin. But that's not reality, the way God sees you. You know something? That sin has no more power to condemn you. Now watch this, watch this. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Lest you say, well, Pastor Prince, you're saying we can do whatever we want. No. In fact, as I go on, you'll see what it means. But there's a teaching today that says a Christian needs to learn to die to sin. That's error. There's another one. We are all dying to sin. We must learn to be dying to sin. There's no such thing as dying to sin. Either you're dead to sin or you're not dead to sin. Those in the cemetery, you don't tell them, are you dying or you're dead? They're dead. <laughs> Okay? Now, so what does it mean, date to sin? Let's drop down. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, now how many know that Christ has been raised from the dead? He's alive today at the Father's right hand. Now, did he go through death? Did he die? Yes. He died, right? Where did he die? At the cross. He was buried, and on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. So where is death behind Jesus? Am I right? Is death behind Jesus? Yes. So he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Yeah, he's on the other side of the grave. He's on the other side of death. Amen. He's beyond death now in his resurrected life. He can never die again. Death has no more power over him. Now watch this. It's got to do with you. Listen carefully. For in that, the death that Jesus died, he died to sin how often? How often? Once for all. This idea of dying daily, dying to sin, we must learn to die to sin, are all erroneous. Jesus died to sin how often? Once and for all. Listen carefully. How did Jesus, what, in what way did Jesus die to sin? Did Jesus commit sin and then die to the sin? No, he never sinned. He was sinless. So what sin did Jesus die to? The sins that were imputed to him. It was actually our sins that he bore. So in other words, he died to imputed sin. He died to the judgment, the guilt, and the condemnation of sin. You need to know that. Because if that is applied to us, that means we have also died to the guilt, to the judgment, and condemnation of sin. The life that he lives, he lives to God. In other words, Jesus, death is behind him. Death has no more power over him. The life that he lives to God now in heaven, he's still a 100% man. 100% God, of course, but he lives there as a man. Amen. After the power, endless life. Now watch this. What has that got to do with me, Pastor Prince? Next verse. Because the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Likewise, you also in New Creation Church, in Grace Revolution Church, you who is watching this right now, likewise means in the same manner. I thought I'd put that in in case people don't understand what's likewise. In the same manner, not in, in a different manner, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed. How often? Dead indeed means dead, once and for all, to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus my Lord. 
Now, this is the first time in all of Paul's letters that the phrase, in Christ Jesus, appears. The first time. In many of Paul's letters from now on, he will talk about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ. In Christ Jesus appears here for the first time, which means this verse is very important to understanding being Christ Jesus. That means whatever happened to Christ happened to you. Once you know this, then you see, the word reckon is an accounting term. Likewise, reckon yourself. That means what? Count the fact that as Christ died to sin, you have died. As He's alive to God in resurrection life, so are you. Wow. Count it as a fact. Now, this word logizomai in Greek account, uh, is an accounting term. Reckon, impute. It's not a make-believe. You're not to reckon to make the fact. You are to reckon in view of the fact. You got it? Now, if I logizomai, if I reckon that I have $1,000 in the bank, it is because I have $1,000 in the bank. If I live my life knowing that I have $1,000 in the bank, it's not this view people have. Oh, faith is just like pretend you got $1,000 in the bank. Okay? Pretend to act like, you know, you can spend money and all that, but you don't have $1,000 in the bank. No, that's not faith. I don't know where you heard that, but that's not faith. That's not Bible faith. Bible faith is you have $1,000 in the bank and you reckon yourself that you have $1,000 because you have it. You are to live your life according to that reckoning. Can I have a good amen? Unfortunately, the last verse, this verse after that, is the one that people preach a lot on. All right? They will say, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Pastor Prince must hear more preaching on, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. But they, they are confusing the imperatives with the, with the indicatives. Before the imperative, it tells you what happened to Christ. That's the indicative. Now watch this. Next verse. The last verse we'll quote today. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. They should obey in its lust. There is it, Pastor Prince. You must preach that. But listen, it does not say, don't let sin reign. It says, therefore, let not sin reign. Why is the therefore there? When you find there's a therefore in the Bible, always find out why it is therefore. You know why therefore is therefore? You all know why? Why is therefore therefore? Why? Because of the preceding facts. Knowing that Christ died to sin once and for all. He's alive unto God in resurrection life. You yourself must see yourself in Christ. Your sin and death is behind you. You are facing the Father in the risen Christ. You are a risen being. You're a heavenly man. You're walking in the newness of life. Amen. Therefore, because of this, don't let sin bully you. Don't let sin say, hey, I'm rising up in you as anger. Now be angry. Amen. Curse the guy out. Don't let sin confuse you into thinking that you are still the same old person. But Pastor Brink, you don't realize, sometimes in the middle of the night, I have bad dreams. Pictures that I've seen from time past, I thought I forgot, came running up in my mind. And I feel dirty, I feel unclean, I wake up in the middle of the night. In spite of all that, they are actually Satan making appearances to make you think you're not dead to sin. You see, you're not, a, you're not a risen person in Christ. You are still the same old person. It's a lie. That's not you. It feels real. It seems real. The sensations are real. But it, God says it's not. 
God says, you are dead to sin once and for all. You cannot die to sin anymore. You are dead to sin. You are now in the risen Christ. That's the time you must confess, I'm the right. In the midst of feeling unclean, you must confess, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. There are times, you know, you, are, you say something to someone. And then someone says something to you back. And then you don't want to let it go. You say something to someone. I don't want to say your husband and wife. Huh? Then you say something else. And the person says something else. And then you thought, maybe I should let it go. No. Then you say something else. And then the person says, before you know it, you're arguing. Amen? Before you realize you're a Christian. <laughs> and you caught yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm supposed to be dead to sin. So what happened? And the devil comes along. You see, you're not dead to sin. All this, it's not real. Look at your experience. Look at what you just experienced. Experience, experience, experience. The devil is in the realm of experience. Amen. It's in the realm of sensation, feelings. But the moment you put him back in the realm of faith, he is defeated. So you know what? Put him back in the realm of faith. He cannot defeat you there. Say, no, in spite of what I felt, what I experienced, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And something you got to say it just with raw faith, no feelings. And you know something? God loves it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible. By saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, in the midst of sin, you're actually giving glory to what Jesus did at the cross. Not only that, you're giving glory to God. Amen. Because you're saying what you say is true. And I believe according as you have spoken, like Abraham. But Pastor Prince, I sense the anger in my heart. I sense the, the lust in my thoughts. I know. But like Abraham, using Abrahamic faith, consider not your body. Consider not your mind. Consider God's word. We got to live by faith. And God says you are righteous in His eyes. Do you receive that? Yeah. Amen. Give Jesus the praise. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Joseph Prince. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.